0: So hi, I'm I'm Delia. I write a newsletter called These Links. There we go. Okay, so I write a newsletter called These Links, um, and it's basically a daily-ish media newsletter that sends you a link to something interesting or something just worth reading, um, tied to the larger media industry. Um, And so that could be anything from just you know a link to the latest super long form. Article from the New Yorker, and I'll just be like, you guys, it's totally worth it. it will take you like all day, but it's totally worth it, and here's why. Um, or it might be a link to, you know, there's this like crazy uh, shit going down down uh, at Cocker Media, and here's why everyone's mad, and here's who we're mad at, and here's why. Um, and so it's sort of like a little bit of commentary and criticism, and also just sort of geeking out about the stuff that I just love seeing on Twitter or um, in my friends' feeds, or that seeing uh, going on in the industry. So. Okay, so I started these Links uh, four years ago when I was just out of college. Um, I had an internship at Atlantic Media that was sort of, like, cool and not cool in the way that I spent all of my time just reading uh, news about the industry and was writing corporate memos. So it was cool because I was, le- like, learning a lot about digital media and what was going on, but I was also just, like, sitting in a cubicle all day, like, not interacting with other humans. Um, and this was 2015, 2016, around when newsletters like Today in Tabs and Ann Friedman's newsletter were getting a lot of hype. And I was reading those, and I was like, this is so cool. Um, you know, I, I think I, I want to try to do this. I want to try to, like, write in some kind of outlet that isn't just in corporate memos speak. Um, and, you know, maybe I could just do this for my friends, and it would just be a funny thing that I did, like, during the workday. Um and so I started these links. It, this is <laughs> what our first, my uh, first letter looked like. It was on tiny letter. Um, I made the logo in like three seconds on paint. So it was like s- extremely like, you know, low fi situation. Um, and so I sent it out to my friends and um, like friends from college and friends that I worked with. And I was just like, I'm just going to do this every day. Like, let me know if, if this is interesting. And I was just like, I'm just going to do this for my friends. It's going to be funny kind of had like no real aspirations for it other than just getting in the practice of writing about something every day. Um, so it was and so it grew to about like 500 subscribers by 2018, um, which was like, it was like fine. It was, you know, mostly people that I had all like either met on the internet or just people that I knew personally. Um, and then I moved it to Substack uh, in 2018. And since then, it's just kind of like gone through this amazing growth trajectory to where I have 2700 subscribers and we got like a shout out in New York Magazine and Vanity Fair and also I refer to the newsletter as we because sometimes like I used to do that to make it seem more legit than it actually was. I'd be like (laughs) the staff at Deez Links thinks this (laughs) and people were like but it's just you, right? And I was like, yeah, it's just me. it's just me. So that's <laughs> if you see me slipping into that, that's why, and I think it's also this way to like kind of dissociate a little bit from the newsletter. um so anyway, so like we got into Vanity Fair and like New York magazine recently, and we're doing this like merch store, which is really cool, although the pins are like currently held up in China right now, which has taught me a lot o- already about e-commerce and supply chains um, And so I think like looking back over, like, those four years, I th- it sort of seems that, you know, maybe there's this very calculated path to growing the newsletter, and I have to be totally honest and admit that there was not. I kind of was just bumbling along. This is my passion project, um, and just, I just tried a bunch of things, and so today I just wanted to share with you the kind of three sort of buckets of things that have worked out for me. Um and so the first one is super, super obvious. Uh, it's just to be your newsletter's best wingman. Um, I think the really wonderful thing about newsletters is because they're so personal they're you know tied to you and in your name um most of the time, and so you should bring it up to your friends, to your work friends, like if you're applying for a job, um like I put my newsletter in my resume, and I was sort of like, I don't know if this is like work appropriate, but this is like this is what I got you know, and so sort of like. Because when you start a newsletter, you may not have a lot of cred to kind of go off of. You don't have, like, a built-in audience unless you're sort of, like, already a writer on other platforms. um, And I didn't. I was, like, just out of college. And so you want – so your kind of, like, base – your, like, first, you know, 500 subscribers are going to be the people who are just naturally invested in you, like your friends and your mom. um, And so you should just sort of kind of make your newsletter an extension of yourself and bring it up all the time um, when you're talking to – just people in your circles, um, and I think the trick to this is to sort of always be considering how to widen that personal circle, whether it's going to meetups, going to hangouts, um, kind of like interacting with people on Twitter and making your making Twitter friends, which is my favorite thing, um, and, tha- and that way, so you're sort of always adding to the circle, um, and you're kind of being your own best advocate for the newsletter. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, after you've kind of bonded and, and done this sort of normal, like, human social exchange, um, you can say, like, yo, you know, I, I have a newsletter. I write about, you know, X, Y, and Z. I would love to know what you think about it. Um, and, you know, sort of telling them what to Google or even just texting them the link is super easy. Um, and that way it's it's a way to, like, stay in touch with people. Um, and it's also just sort of, like, less weird than being like, can I add you on LinkedIn? Because, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, like. I still think that's kind of weird in some uh, respects. So I think being like, oh, like I have this newsletter. I would love to let to know what you think. I would love for you to subscribe. Um, I think that's like the better move. And it just feels more natural of like, hey, like we kind of bonded. Like do you want to like, you know, support my art a little bit? Um, and it feels just like a more natural ask. Um, so the second tactic that I um, kind kind of stumbled along was this sort of way of barring or being exposed to other people's audiences. Um, and I think this is the most effective one because, uh, and, and I ended up coming across this in sort of three different ways. One with, was with classifieds. Um, so like when I first started out, I was sort of thinking about like, you know, I'm a young woman in media. I feel like other young women in media would like this newsletter. What are they reading right now? And I was like, Well, what am I reading right now? I'm, I I loved like I I loved Ann Friedman's newsletter, and she had this huge subscriber base, mostly women, um, you know. And her newsletter is kind of tied to current events and news as well. And so I was like, That's I feel like that's my audience. And she um, continues to do this thing where she will place classified ads on her newsletter, and um, it cost me like fifty dollars to just write you know a little like one hundred and forty character line about why you should subscribe to these links put the link in there and then it went out in her newsletter and I got 70 subscribers um, from doing this, But which doesn't sound like amazing, but it was when I first started out and I was like, oh great, I didn't have to meet like 70 people to do this. I just sort of, you know, put an ad in this really um, sort of like newsletter with a very loyal following. Um, the other way that I also kind of like accidentally came across uh, in terms of borrowing other people's audiences was doing Q&As weekly. um, I I first had this idea in 2018 where I was like, I'm just going to do a Friday Q&A with someone in media, just like ask them questions about their job. Like, if you cover Congress, like, what what do you have to wear? Like, what does that mean? Or like, if you do PR for the avocado industry, like, do you get free avocados? Just like, like dumb questions that I would ask my friends anyway. And I started doing them with my friends, and then once I sort of like ran out of f- friends to like bug with this, I started like branching out to people I really admired on Twitter, people I knew from work, um, and kind of just realized this golden rule of how the internet and media works, wherein if you interview someone, they're very likely going to share it with their own following. Um, and that's how you get exposed to their audience. And so like for example, I did an interview with Alana Hope Levinson, the deputy deputy editor of Mel Magazine um, earlier last year, and when it came out, she shared with her followers, and she had, like, a huge Twitter following, um, and then Mel Magazine also just tweeted out to all of their readers, and I was like, oh, like this is how, this is how it gets done, um, and so I, with every, like, interview that I do every week, I've noticed that every week I get a handful of followers, um, and especially when it's someone who has a very, like, loyal following and audience of their own, and then... Finally, the honestly the single biggest boost that I got in terms of signups were was through a newsletter swap with this lifestyle site called the da- the Good Trade. Um, they I t- wasn't super familiar with them, but their managing editor reached out to me um, at some point last year. I I don't know if like maybe she found me like through the classifieds, um, but she's like, yeah, you know, I love your newsletter. We have one too. It's called the Daily Good. Um, our audience is sort of, you know, also, like, young women who are really environmentally conscious. And so, it kind of seems like, you know, like, maybe we would have the same kind of audience. Like, let's do newsletters. And I was like, yeah, sure. But I had no idea what that even meant. I was just like, uh, you know, I'm open to anything. Um, And so, what what I found out it it meant was basically plugging each other's newsletters. um, And so, like, this is what my like plug looked like in their newsletter, where um, like they provided the image, which is really <laughs> nice. Um, but I was just like, you know, if you if you love a good semi-spicy newsletter, subscribe to these links, and you get a daily-ish link to something gossip-worthy happening in the media industry. Um, and that was it. And so I did the same thing. They wrote their own line, and and I put it in mine. Um, and then like as soon as their newsletter went out, my inbox was just like completely spammed, and I got four hundred signups in one day from this. And I was like, this is really crazy. You know, I didn't even know this community, this audience existed, and, um, you know, just knowing that the Daily Good and the Good Trades uh, audience sort of trusted the editorial judgment enough of of the Daily Good newsletter to sort of be like, hey, if you guys are, like, recommending this, like, I'll give it a shot. Um, I thought that was, like, a huge testament to the loyalty of their audience. So the third, I guess, like, bucket of tactics is to get institutional cred. And I mean that in a very, in like very loose terms, um, because one of the biggest things that kind of worked out for Dazlinks was that there was this email platform called Review, and they wanted to do a survey of just the top media newsletters in the industry, and it was like a very c- like unscientific poll. They're just reaching out to people like in newsletters, and they're like, "Hey, like, can you plug this poll? We just want everyone to take this survey." Um, and so I put it in my newsletter um, at the time, and I was like, "Hey guys, like, if you like this newsletter, like, could you vote for these links in this survey?" And I only did it because I thought, you know, maybe it'd be really funny if we sort of got in the running. Um, but it turned out that like enough of my subscribers um, voted for these links that it showed up uh, in the top five, like uh, between American Press Institute and Digital Media and all these like really legit places. Um, and so when this came out, I was like, oh my God, like it makes this like so legit. Um, and so people like, you know, ag- again, like people in industry were sort of talking about it. There's a lot of buzz. And I think that was a huge way that a lot of people were like, what is this one that I don't recognize? I'm going to Google it and subscribe and see what the deal is. Um, so that, so when that came out, I got like about 200 subscribers. Um, and then the one that I am kind of just most proud of, uh, the one that I, like, I tell my mom about because she can actually like understand what's going on here, is when Deez was named in Vanity Fair. Um, and I'm just going to be totally candid and tell you guys that it's because the editor who wrote this piece, Claire Lansbaum, uh, is a friend from college. And so when she was researching this piece and she was working on it, um, she talked to me and she was like, you know, like what, what do you think? Like what, what are some people that you think would be good to talk to? Um and so I was like oh you should you should talk to the Substack people um you should totally mention you know like these newsletters um and we just kind of like bounced ideas off each other and then she just did me a hugely gracious favor and quoted me directly included these links in this like piece about the newsletter the state of newsletters um and that was just huge because it felt like this um huge vote of, like, confidence from a place like Vanity Fair, and so that day, like, when this piece went out, I also got around, like, two or three hundred subscribers, um, but bragging rights forever, so. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is all to say that, like, I do want to acknowledge that there was a huge advantage in terms of, kind of, like, starting my newsletter when I had a day job in media, and, and still do, and it sort of automatically exposes me to this whole network of people with these followings and power in the same wi- in like the way that you know Claire had um, when she was writing this piece um, and I also want to acknowledge that like there is nothing that media people love talking about more than their own industry mm-hmm. uh, and so that also like w- I think was a huge help um, but nevertheless like I do think that you know no matter what industry your day job is in w- no matter what your newsletter is about it's really good exercise to just sort of think about like who is like who is my intended audience where do I think they're like what do I think that they're listening to or reading now and kind of how can I like find these sort of middlemen or these platforms that help me uh, that helps sort of like serve as a megaphone to reaching this audience um, and I was thinking about this on the train today and I was like it's kind of like when you move to a new city you don't know anyone and you can like you can definitely go and just try to meet people one-on-one that way, and that would work, and it, but it would take a long time, and so the sort of way better route is to f- call up your super popular, super well-connected friend in the city and be like, hey, can you, like, introduce me uh, to all of your friends, and and they do, um, and that's just, like, so much faster, you get exposed to kind of, you know, these various communities um, a lot quicker, and you kind of come with this, like, vote of confidence from your, like, popular friend, and um, And it kind of, I I was thinking about this because, I mean, it's really cheesy to sort of say, like, oh, think about, like, growing your subscriber base in terms of, like, making friends, but I do think that it speaks to this very, like, personal nature of newsletters and that you are developing these personal relationships um, in a kind of one-on-one basis and that, you know, you're sliding to their inbox every morning um, or every week and, you know, they can just hit respond and, like, tell you what they think and that's something really precious and really beautiful and so it does take I think, longer to build up in ways that maybe, like, blogs were different or um, just sort of, like, the way normal digital media works. But I do think it's, it's worth kind of investing in those relationships because, you know, once you sort of, like, become, f- like, friends with, with these people, they are sort of there for you forever. They'll introduce you to their friends and their communities, um, and then, you know, your community just keeps on growing. So that's my spiel. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>